This podcast is sponsored by Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast. My name is Patch and this is episode 192 of Three Peeps in a Podcast, which was recently given the title of Bristol's number one unfunded podcast. That's not my words, that's the words of blogspot.com because um, we were fourth and the three podcasts above were all university podcasts, or two of them were university podcasts and the other one was the Bristol City uh, official podcast so we'll take that um and we'll come on to today's episode uh, i've got a, a special co-host with me today and it's someone it's a returning guest it's actually his hat-trick appearance um he was on the podcast episode 94 and episode 166 so uh go back in the archives and listen to ian Aitchison from longwell records ian how are you sir all good thanks for having me back Oh, it seems like a long, long time ago. It was. Numbers. It seems. It, it doesn't seem like that long ago. We were sat in Longwell Records in Kentsham on creaky stools, it having was, a chat. That, that creaky <laughs> chair has been de- de- deposited in the local uh, recycling plant in Mango. Absolutely, yeah. uh, definitely should be. Um, but how's things going with you? Longwell Records still going strong? Yeah, it's good. Uh, we've had some. Last summer was pretty bad, although we had amazing fun because we did three festivals. Uh, we did Glastonbury, Forwards and Valley Fest, um, which was amazing, you know, to spread the Longwell love all the way down to Somerset and back. And um, But the summer, because it was so hot, I don't think people were into buying much vinyl. And it got to a stage where I was seriously considering um, just going online. Because right. the overheads are a lot, you know, employ a couple of people or one, one and a half people. And, uh, yeah, people just went by vinyl. And then all of a sudden, September opened, <laughs> began, and uh, it's been really good ever since. Been really, really positive, which is quite strange, really, considering the state of play in the world and yeah. people's finances and stuff. But we're pretty competitive price-wise. So oh, I excellent. suppose that's been a, a bonus for people. Yeah, well, so you've got your premises in, in Kentsham, and obviously you you dabbled with Wapping War for a set period of time as well. Um, and the guest that we've got with us today, uh, we had um, we had Hannah on uh, back it was almost two years ago, June the sixth, twenty twenty one. I I look back through, um, and that was episode one hundred and fifty six. And Hannah just opened, well, six months prior, I think it was, opened up Lockdown Loaths in Winterbourne Down. And there's a, a tenuous link here uh, talking about premises because Hannah is now going to expand the operation and open up a new bakery in Clifton. So Hannah, come in. Hello. How you doing? I'm not bad, thank you. And Hello. that's a good question because it's Mental Health Week, Mental Health Awareness Week, I should say. And we 
always start our bonus show, which is the Bristol City sort of post-match reaction show, with how are you out of 10? So we're going to do that, if that's all right, with with you guys. So how are you out of 10, Hannah? Um, I go, I'm like a strong eight, I would say. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want, are you able to sort of give a quantification of that eight? Um, yeah, like I, could, I think I could definitely be better. You could always be better, but like I'm not bad. Oh, eight's quite, eight's quite good. good. Yeah, everything. Yeah. I'm pretty comfy, I think. It's no. probably the best way to describe it. Yeah. Nice. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go seven. Um it's a Monday after all. Um and I yeah, it's just been quite a busy day with with work, but I have got some exercise in, so that's sort of taken me up to a seven. Um I think that's really important to get some exercise in. I, I've got a direct correlation with when I'm feeling like a five or a six when I haven't gone out. I've, you know, not gone out for a walk or not gone for a run or done any exercise and things like that. So I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go with a, a, a seven. How about yourself, Ian? I'm going a strong 8.5. I'm always pretty good on a Monday, I've got to be honest. Um, I look forward to what the day brings when you go into the shop on a Monday. Like, for example, today I bought an amazing collection. Yeah. Um, someone in the shop. But before I went to work, I did 7,000 steps. Wow. So that's, that's round. Awesome round fries and the chocolate fat and it really like you said you've even if you're just going out walking you know it's that when you're sat at home and you're, and you're sort of you're terrorizing yourself a bit and think, oh it's a bit grim and everything just pick yourself up and go out and do something that's all you've got to do and and that possibly will change the way you think and feel about stuff for me anyway no I completely and, um, agree. so yeah quite a good good 8.5 today and i've got football tonight as well so nice yeah this after football i might even be a 8.8. 8. <laughs> depends. It depends if you pick up a hamstring injury or equivalent. Oh, don't, don't <laughs> <have faith. laughs> no, I'm sure it's, it's great. Great that, um, yeah, the, the, the Monday night football and five aside and all of that sort of stuff. So important socially. And obviously yeah. just, yeah, you can put as much into it or as little into it as you want, I guess. Yeah. can't you? <laughs> mm -hmm. Get in what you get out. Um, yeah. So we mentioned at the very start there, Hannah, that you are expanding. I, I listened back to our podcast of almost two years ago this morning, just a yeah. bit, bit of market research. Oh, that uh, like yesterday, that does. I, I know that it's crazy that it was two years ago. Um, and now two years on, you've got 4,200 odd Instagram followers on lockdown lives bristol um and now expanding into clifton so things can't be going too bad yeah no it's good i think again like i think things can always be better but there's like i think i get numbed almost on a daily basis to the good things and then mm. focusing on the stressful parts but recently i've kind of tried to u-turn that and really focus on the positives of the the whole operation um and there's definitely a lot of positive things going on right now like the clifton site is absolutely incredible like i i'm so excited about it um and it was completely like wasn't really supposed to be happening to be honest with you this clifton site has been in the works for like two three weeks something like that like it was a case of I was trying to sign off on another shop um, just off Park Street and that dragged on just because of estate agents, because of the landlords was half Bristol, Bristol, Bristol City Council, half was a private landlord and that process dragged on for nine months. Right. 
So I was so deflated and just kind of done with that site as a whole. Um, I it got to a point where I was like, this is kind of the point of no return. I either need to 100% commit to it because this has been going on for nine months. It costed me loads of money in the process. Mm. And I kind of just, I'm very, very much a believer of things happen for a reason. And kind of just said to myself, I think I just need to shut this whole thing down and just take a breather and have a real think about what I want to be doing. Um, and in hindsight, it was exactly what was supposed to happen. Um, like that location, it would have worked. I have no doubt in my mind, but it definitely was not anything in comparison to the Clifton site. Um and you know where that's situated is like the heart of what I consider like the center of Bristol it's the perfect balance of a tourist trap because you've got the suspension bridge around the corner and like it's full of locals that live around the area and want that kind of thing on a daily basis that so where, whereabouts is it Hannah whereabouts are we talking in so do you know where the arcade is yes yeah so it's on the front of the arcade so you can oh, like, wow, okay tour reg veg and all that kind of stuff mm. in that kind of square bit it's uh yeah it's number 14 on king's road awesome one of my favorite one of my favorite bits of bristol it's so gorgeous Do you know yeah. what someone said to me the other day it's just um it's a really nice part of the world yeah that resonates with me that that's yeah do you know what it's lovely hearing your voice a bristolian a true bristolian voice is going to be in clifton village for <laughs> business you yeah. might not think of Bristolian, but to me, it makes my heart feel good. And that that's amazing. That's brilliant. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very exciting. It's, um, it, I'm, I mean, I'm a bag of nerves. Like, don't get it twisted at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, it's funny because I kind of go on a massive ramble when, like, people are asking. Like, since we've announced um, on, like, social media that we're opening the second site in Clifton, mm -hmm. obviously, all of our regular customers are current, like, currently coming in and being like, this is so exciting. Are you excited? Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so overwhelmed. Brilliant. But um yeah, it's again it's positives outweigh the negatives. It's very mm. stressful. And this I need to maintain the mindset of this is the hardest part. As soon as it's open and functioning, mm. it should be breezy. It's just the getting to that point that's the hard part. Yeah. So I'm gonna come back to you, Ian, now, and you might be able to um give some learnings to Hannah because you had two on the go two stores on the go for mm. a period of time one in Wapping Wharf and one in in Kentsham so Longwell Records how did you split yourself between the two well my mine was always going to be a pop-up anyway it was we were there at Wapping Wharf for six months and it was the best six months ever it was amazing but it was the wrong place for a record shop whereas the difference is where your uh, second bakery is going to be is totally the right place because I know the area really well and, and just how you described it, you've done your research brilliantly. And um, it was quite, I did find it quite difficult. I did, um, I let me air down a little bit too much, I think, in the in the Whopping Wharf scenario, which is quite funny because I don't drink or do any mind-altering substances anymore. So the, uh, <laughs> my strongest thing was a double espresso. And uh, But the thing is, all I was doing down, I was eating a lot as well, lots of sourdough, lots of, chit chat with people but not enough selling records but i think something uh like what you're what you're doing is a lot more sustainable and it's involved with the community a lot more whereas at whopping more if i found myself in the middle of a lot of tourists where you don't get um 
essentially uh, regular custom. So, and it's different when you when you're within an area that where there's people that live there is is different. But I absolutely loved it, and I and I think if you've got a product like yours, which is quite easy to sell if you if it tastes nice, as well as your uh, your manner and your mannerisms and all that when you're serving people, it's going to be brilliant. I'm really excited for you. It's it's really it's positive, and you can tell. And like what you said before, Hannah, about the other place not quite come to fruition. Some things, sometimes these things aren't meant to be in it. And like you just described, it was brilliant. Take a step back almost and let a little bit of time unfold because I'm not very good for that. I, I talk a good talk, but you've actually done what I'd like to do. So, which is no, I, I've never been this person <laughs> ever. Ah, right. I'm always the person to jump the gun. And um, I do like with this site, it, it does just feel like all the pieces of the puzzle are just like falling in place by themselves, which yeah. has never really happened to me. Everything is usually a battle. Um, and the day after I turned, I kind of walked away from the other side, I went up to Clifton Village completely coincidentally to meet a friend for coffee. And that's when I saw the site was up to let. Mm. By the next day, I'd already said I wanted it to the landlord. So it was yeah. like, Right. It's Great. all just very coincidental. So what are, what are your plans then, Hannah, for spreading yourself between the two? Are you getting a, a, a someone else to run the one in Winterbourne down or are you going to do half and half? So people think I'm a lunatic whenever I explain this to them. Oh God, here we go. I, the, I phrase it to people like this. The whole point of me opening the second site was so that I don't have to work as much <laughs> okay good stuff <laughs> um and I know how that sounds <laughs> but short term I know it's going to be a lot more work long term the the whole um kind of point of it is with the Winterbourne site which is great it's really successful I'm really happy with it um I think we're very capped um now in terms of how much money we can make to reinvest into the business. Um, like we've got our steady regular customers, like people come in twice a day, every day, they're the, the best. Like we know most of our regular customers on a one name on a first name basis. Um, but I became very aware that there wasn't any way of us bringing people into the area more than we already do. Like we have people that come down from Clifton Village to Winterbourne, which to me in wow. itself is insane. Um, and I just think that if that central location opens up, it gives people more of a, an avenue to not have to travel away from it. They can be more regular there. And um, our Winterbourne base will stay as our Winterbourne base. Um, but yeah, it, it became apparent to me that I'm almost doing three people's jobs, um, which I love. I love that, but I physically couldn't afford to hire the people to replace me for certain aspects of the work with the clientele that we have. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the idea was to open a second site with the premise that it should make enough money to distribute between the premises um, in order for us to hire more people overall. Uh, so most of the baking will be done from Winterbourne. Um, we, we have been doing a lot of wholesale around Bristol and that's kind of what has triggered the idea in a sense, I guess. So I kind of thought to myself, like, why couldn't I open another shop? And well, wholesale customers? yeah, at the end of the, of the podcast we did previously, I asked you, what does the future hold? Um, and Clifton Village was mentioned because you were doing uh, wholesale stocking in the Sunday General, I think, yes. in Clifton Village. Yeah. 
um you, you you spoke about getting some more vans to do deliveries with and also looking into the idea of mobile trucks so yeah we've got we've spoken about going into clifton village how about the the transportation of your goods yeah so we um we already have like a delivery driver and a van and everything like that because we yeah like i said we do deliver to quite a few places around bristol which we've slowly been kind of weaning off with the the second shop kind of looming yeah um and then the the focus is to supply ourselves in clifton village um and then once that's up functioning and we know that we can manage the amounts and the quantities mm -hmm. and stuff then we'll look into opening a wholesale back up if we need to yeah. um but yeah the plan is essentially to be able to have more people baking in Winterbourne, um, put a savoury prep kitchen in the Clifton site, um, so that all the savouries will be prepped in Clifton, all the sweet and the bread will be in Winterbourne, and then every morning the wholesale delivery drivers just switch over and both sites have everything. Brilliant. It's the idea. Yeah, well, it sounds like <laughs> a great idea, Ian, doesn't it? It's one of those, um, obviously working in Kentsham, um, I guess there's a, there are a couple of bakeries in there, but it's it's always a, a shop a type of bakery a type of shop that you're going to just go in walk past exactly. and think oh that looks good i'm going to go in there <laughs> you know what in winter one it's the smells people can like smell yeah. it down the road in the morning and they're like i couldn't not come in because i could smell the yeah. bacon i can't smell it all it's funny because kingsham is it's a similar scenario obviously kingsham is bigger in winterbourne i've worked in winterbourne for many years and it's um it's it's a great area really but it's also cut off as well isn't it yeah it's oh, um yeah. it's yeah it's quite uh it's uh, there's a lot of sort of people with money out there you know and, but it's very cut off whereas canesham is a little bit mix mix and match but i just think when you walk past a bakery or bakers whatever you call it you want to call it it's um it's very enticing to get that to see the see the bread visually and all. you know you go past Parsons and all that yeah they do nice sourdough but it's all a bit processed it feels sometimes like a lot a lot of places now are becoming quite commercialized and I yeah. think my main focus is definitely to keep it as wholesome as possible and relatable like the French do isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and like I think our customers, like especially our regulars, they love being able to see that we're making everything on site and mm -hmm. that we're sourcing the best ingredients and working with local people. Like the Clifton site, every single person that's worked on the site so far, even contractor-wise, I went to school with them, the ridings in Winterbourne. Oh, so wow. That's great. Like, trying to keep it all as tight-knit as possible. And Yeah. And you mentioned, obviously, the Winterbourne um bakery where you've got the closed group of customers almost unless you're sort of passing through winterbourne which you know some people do but your your client your customers you know most of them clifton you will get some regulars but there'll also be thousands of tourists passing through who will who will pass and, and want to come in and i've got state uh cousins in the states that when they come over they just love going to the bakeries and things like that so you're going to get a lot of tourist trade as well yeah yeah i'm really excited. i think a big selling point on that site for me was <laughs> the mental image of opening at 5 a.m to the balloon fiesta and being able to walk around the corner and see <laughs> bridge, <laughs> which is like you can't get more bristol than that i don't think <laughs> making me ever so jealous <laughs> well, you, you know you're welcome to come down at any time <laughs> <laughs> 
God, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, the Balloon Fiesta, that's a good show. I'm looking forward. My cousin actually is coming over from the States that for that weekend. So, yeah, um, yeah there's every chance it will be passing via. So uh, have you got a target date for opening? Uh, to be honest with you, I have been trying to keep my cards as close to my chest as I possibly can because I, I don't know if you remember when I was opening the winter one site, I announced many dates. and then for whatever reason it just kept getting pushed back um but with this site I think it's very different in terms of what needs to be done that it's it's a much easier renovation like the site and you've learned so many lessons from last time including announcing the date but uh if you could if you could give us a quarter so like (laughs) q3 or q4 what would you say so the best I can say at the moment is I would love to be open for takeout from early June, okay. which is very ambitious in itself. Um, we can open for sitting until we get the licensing through. So we've got a license to be able to serve the customers as takeout, but mm. um, for a sit-in space, you need a different licensing and that takes 14 weeks, which is a nightmare. But, oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so there's going to be a... Um... And the, uh, uh, an in, like uh, tables and chairs inside and stuff, is there? Yeah, so the way the, the shop is, is set out there, it's almost like over three floors. So yeah. you come in to like what is the ground floor, um, which will have the counter space in, like we'll be serving customers from and all that kind of stuff. And then there's a mezzanine overlooking the whole shop um, where right. we're inside seating, which is really, it's really beautiful, the space. Um, and then there's all windows out the back that we're going to turn into a little terrace area. And then downstairs, you can kind of see downstairs and upstairs as soon as you walk in. And then downstairs, mm. you the prep kitchen for like all the savory bits. So you'll be able to see. I love that about the Winterbourne shop that you can see things being prepped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, And then in terms of the the type of uh, things you're going to be selling on in the Winterbourne one, you've got your AM stuff and your PM stuff. Are you following the same offerings in the Clifton one? Yeah, so it will definitely be the same kind of thing. Um, it, obviously, everything, our scheduling and stuff is going to have to have a real switch up because obviously we're going to need to be delivering everything early doors. Um, but it should essentially be the same stuff. I'm sure we'll do like specific specials for each store. Mm. Um, and then... And you might find that some stuff sells better in one than the other. Yeah, hundred percent i think we're definitely going to trial because we do soft serve at the moment at winterbourne and it's great it's just not a massive seller and i think that in clifton it what what did you say sorry ice cream oh right yeah yeah so i think we're going to like do a trial period in clifton see if it sells better there and then Mm. just figure out what works i think i've learned so many lessons in terms of just waiting and seeing Mm. um like the winterbourne site we had so many trial and error moments where I kind of fully committed to certain things and then realized it wasn't really right for the space. Um, so this time around, I very much am just keeping an open mind and being like, let's just see what people want <laughs> and make them happy because I think that's what it's all about. And again, that's kind of how I want to keep away from going the commercialized side of things, mm. like making sure that we're really tuned into our customers and what they need, which well, is... It's, it's like sorry it's that's what people are screaming out for is that independence and that yeah. totally and, and if you can provide that and look and provide that amazing sort of um service which is what you're going to be doing is it's head and shoulders above 
lots of places. It's I'm not saying that we're the best record shop going, but we're pretty good because we're not like HMV. You now our customers come in. I mean, we could talk about their mental health. We can talk about and have a laugh about things that if you went in HMV, people would, they barely would. They're not allowed to talk to customers really for any <laughs> period of time. Probably, do you know what I mean? And, yeah, and that's and, a good point. You know, and obviously you're you're going to be a lot busier than me. I'm very lazy, so and as a in your game, it's about hard work. I know that is. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I did listen to the other podcast. Can you quickly tell me a little bit the story about you, how you started and all that? Yeah, so we, I, say, I keep saying we, like there's, I have another person, but it's just literally, it was just me. Um, I was working in London for 10 years as a pastry chef and then COVID hit and it was, I mean, devastating. London was like completely flipped on its edge, as you guys know. And then I moved back to Bristol, it was supposed to be temporarily um, before kind of we knew how long this was going to go on for um so I came back to Bristol moved back in with my dad for a little bit which was really interesting <laughs> and I just started baking from home um out of boredom and then he was like you need to do something with all of this food because I am going to get fat here and I was like yeah fair yeah um and I was like you don't have to eat it and he was like if it's here I do so you need to like get rid of it and I was like okay so I started posting on like Facebook local groups and stuff like that was doing like a set menu it was like three sweet items I think and then a savory item and a bread like a like a sourdough variation um was changing it every week and then posting it on Facebook groups I'd get like email orders and within three weeks, I had like, what was it like, I can't remember how many it was now, like 150 return customers or something ridiculous. And um, Couldn't keep up with it, could you? Yeah, it was hideous. <laughs> so I yeah. was like taking email orders, then from like 5am waking up and baking all through the morning and afternoon and then delivering it like late afternoon evenings, like wow. just driving around in my mini round Bristol during lockdown. There was no traffic. It was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, realized that there was obviously a market for this kind of thing. Um, and I never intended to have a shop. That was never the plan. My yeah. my mindset was, I'm moving back to London. My life is there. I'm going to go back to my job mm-hmm. and it's going to be fine. And then lockdown just went on and on. Looked for a commercial kitchen space initially. It was just I just needed a space so that I could get out of my dad's house and didn't like he couldn't even cook a roast dinner because <laughs> I was just baking all day long um and then yeah I went up to Fairbanks which is the fish and chip shop on Winterbourne like on the high street where I am and was literally just getting fish and chips and saw that with the bakery that I went in when I was a kid was empty and mm. I think like two weeks later or something ridiculous, I signed a contract and we took. <laughs> wow, because um, I remember that ba- that remember that bakery because I used to work in a previous life. I worked with people with learning disabilities, and actually in Winterbourne, that was my first job in what was M Road and Bristol Road as well. And I can remember that bakery years ago. Yeah, is that exactly where you are now? Then is it? Where yeah, so it was Brookman's. When yeah, that's I it. There. Yeah, and then I think. In between Brookman's and us, it was Redland, the Redland Bakery. Um, But yeah, it was it was insane. I mean, it was completely gutted because it had been empty for three months in between. Right. Um, Mm. 
and it was just the site was gross like when we took it on it was there was so much work we didn't I mean myself my dad and my brother did all of the work I say myself like I really didn't do anything <laughs> I stood there being like oh, do you think we should do that like my that dad, over there I don't know if that's right no but they were an absolute <laughs> godsend like I I wouldn't I'm acutely aware that I would not have a functional business without my dad and my brother um they just came in obviously no contractors were allowed to work because it was locked down so yeah. it was a case of just like if they hadn't known what to do in terms of they can put their hand to like plumbing electrics yeah. like all this stuff I would have been completely stuck and I didn't even think, think that through properly when I signed the contract. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to need to get people to do work. Like, I just wanted to bake. Um, so, yeah, they were and still are to this day a lifesaver. Like, if I pick up the phone, if, like, a pipe bursts or something, they are literally at my door within five minutes fixing it for right. me, which is God, amazing. amazing. That's a yeah. total luxury. That's a, and it's, it's, it's really a sign of, uh, sign of you as a person as well, that people want to help you out, even if it is family. Because I know yeah. a lot of families who wouldn't, you know, piss on yeah. you if you're on fire. Oh, I've, 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 got a, I've got a lot of family that wouldn't help. <laughs> <laughs> no, but say yeah. it. Say why yeah. <laughs> no, no, they are. They are absolutely incredible. Like I, and they're running their own business full time as well, which is um, like a, a completely other string to their bow. Yeah. But um, what a great I, story! That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're amazing. Great, great story. Yeah. What, um, what, we spoke about some of some of the things that you sell. Um, what's your best seller um, at the moment? We're in sort of spring, coming into warmer weather now. Yeah. So, oh, it's really hard when people ask me this question because it changes all the time. Um, the, the Biscoff stuff still still flying out. Oh, I'm sure. No, absolutely banging. Like I cannot believe how long this trend has carried on for this Biscoff hype. <laughs> love it so yeah we do like a biscoff babka which probably when we, i was on here last time actually was different so initially we were making out of like our laminated croissant dough and then we i kept trying to find a use for the trimmings of like the croissants when we're making them because mm. we're very much zero waste um yeah. so we managed to figure out a recipe where we can use all of the offcuts from the croissant dough rather than it going in the bin essentially. And that's how we make our babkas. Um, so yeah, the Biscoff babkas are like our biggest seller. It's really, really crazy to me oh. because it's the least labor intensive job. Like it was literally bound for the bin, the croissant yeah. trimmings, and it's become like the most delicious, most incredible treat. Yeah. Well, if it, for anyone who isn't following you on Instagram and Facebook, I highly recommend it because it makes you salivate at least once a day. When <laughs> um, so, lockdown loaves Bristol, all one word on Instagram. There he is. He's on it. I'm following you now. So and it comes uh, it, when it comes up, and you sort of see, you know, a donut with some custard oozing out of the top. Um, it's yeah. criminal it's actually criminal do you know i don't think i would have a business if it weren't for instagram oh, social media is massive isn't it yeah we yeah. have like i'll post up on our instagram i don't know like a special and within like five minutes i have like our regular customers running down the street <laughs> like, i'm just gonna miss it and i was like how have you seen this already this is insane yeah. um, and there's the correlation with if i post every single day consistently through the week we're really busy and if I'm like off my game and I'm not posting we'll be completely dead 
So have you, are you have you got a, pl- a social media plan or is it really ad hoc? You don't schedule posts or anything. I I like to think I'm on top of it. <laughs> like I'll have a solid three weeks where I'll be like, okay, I want to get loads of content up together, and I'll schedule posts, and I'll be like, I think I'm some kind of like social media influencer, and then I well, realize we'll come on to that. We'll come together. on to that in a minute because <laughs> your your personal profile. Is um is becoming quite uh, an influencing page. I've seen you doing all sorts of weights and workouts and stuff like that. Are you um are you going down the uh what's his name um the body coach? You going down that route? Do no, wicks. I am. I am honestly. It's so deceiving. Instagram. I'm the most unhealthy person you'll ever meet in your life. Um. So I started getting to now one of my best friends but my um my I got a PT maybe a year after we opened the bakery right mainly for my mind her name's Fran fitness with Fran is for Instagram for anyone that wants to go and get her like she does classes for groups and stuff and she's amazing but um I started going mainly for my mental health which is very fitting to this absolutely for this episode yeah um I had no um mindset of like getting fit or healthy or anything it was just I needed an hour every single week scheduled in that I couldn't cancel to just put my phone away not think about anything else apart from what I was doing in the moment and it changed my life like without being dramatic um I can get that and yeah she has this I think I kind of didn't want to go to any other PTs for so long or like go to the gym because I'm, I was quite self-conscious and aware that I had no idea what I was doing and didn't want to like be one of those people that's like counting calories or like I own a bakery like I need to be able to eat all the good stuff and not feel bad about it I got to test it all haven't you I mean... yeah I just wanted to go and sort my head out and have some space but um she's very like not she doesn't care about counting calories right she's just like this is to make you happy like mm-hmm. it should be fun it should be just like what you want to be doing to push yourself and your boundaries and whatever um and yeah now I'm a bit of an obsessed freak with the gym and it's just it's almost a problem in the other way it's like the best problem to have um if I'm not baking like baking used to be like the only thing I ever did and now if I think it's I think you have to hedge your bets with your with your pastimes and your hobbies and things like that I think it's really important to have at least one I know plenty of people close friends that haven't got any hobbies other than work um and then it gets to the weekend or the evening and it's like what do i do what do i do now um so i think it's great i think fair play to you for 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 doing that and you just got to keep that going it's about mental health um healthy body healthy mind and all that all of that sort of stuff but also yeah yeah, it's it's something that social thing as well isn't it i do you know what i think it really helped me as well because obviously i moved back to bristol after living in london for 10 years and lost all of my social circle like i I left Bristol as soon as I left school and I think those like crucial years for building like fundamental relationships and friendships and then I didn't plan on leaving London that was like I built my almost friend family there that was my life and moving back to Bristol I was so isolated Mm. especially during lockdown um that getting into like working out and going to the gym and like that kind of thing it's expanded like my horizons in terms of friendships like I some of my best friends currently I only know them because I started that so right. that's yeah. great yeah uh, fair play 
Um, I, I missed a, an obvious segue for you, Ian, when we talked about social media and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. You're very active on social media, and I, I see the body popping has returned, which is uh, something I bloody love. I know. We was, so In lockdown, you were a big supporter of my uh, dancing in between uh, it's brilliant. front of Flog Records. And, um, yeah, it's just sort of happened, really. And some people hate it. Do you know that? Some people, A lot really? of my mates who run record shops, they didn't like it. But for me as a person, that's what my personality is, as you know. It's, you know, I'm a human being who likes having fun first and foremost. And, and you, you do, um, like, actual proper skits as well. You get your get your girls involved, and it, it, yeah. it's fantastic. So I highly recommend <laughs> wow. people following Longwell Records on... Is it mainly <laughs> mainly, mainly uh, Facebook and Twitter? Yeah, we're on uh, Twitter as well, although Twitter has become very weird last... Although Twitter is brilliant for selling records. Right. It's really good. Like like Hannah says about her new sort of uh, stock and stuff like that, if I've got a new collection in, because we're made, we're about 98% used vinyl, I'll put a collection on the socials. And like what you said, Hannah, the interest just grows and grows and grows. If you leave it, you know, it sort of goes a bit stale. But I, I, am, a, I am a real believer in getting my customers involved with my socials as well. And, you know, it's not just about who's famous and you're seeing or whatever. And the customers are the people paying the bills for me, the 100 million percent. They're the most important people. So... It's good. I just let me air down a little bit. I'm just glad it went around 30 years ago when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good shake. It's a good shake. Um, so yeah. Oh, well, Hannah, before we before we come off of it, just to wish you every success and that it all opens yeah. when you want it to, and there's no yeah, more bumps. That's a great. That's a great point to put in. What the was that? Sorry. Clifton site is going to be called Catley's. Oh it's right. Okay. That's a great point to put in, actually. I was going to say, I had a massive assumption that it was going to be called <laughs> Lockdown Loads. Yeah, um, yeah. so it's just, um, Catley is my family name. Right. Um, so the, that I mean, that's predominantly where it's come from, obviously. Um, mm. It's kind of a bit of a nod to, like, my dad and my brother for, like, all the hard work they've put into. That's a nice um, touch, yeah. yeah, and then it's also the progression out of lockdown. Like, I feel like lockdown's helped yeah. Time and it's just kind of the next step for us as a business for sure. Oh, oh fantastic. No link to Glenn Catley, is there? Uh, he is my dad's brother. Wow, there we go. Why haven't we spoke about that already? I didn't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair play. Well, you must have uh, grown up being liking a bit of boxing. I actually go to boxing classes every Wednesday, uh, every Thursday. Every there we Thursday. go. See, it's all coming out now. We're, we're, we're <laughs> We're pulling this all through. Well, yeah, I mean, Catley, Bristol legend. Um, so fair play to to him and uh, and the Catley family. So Definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing that come to fruition and uh, making sure that all all lands as you want it. So yeah, so every every success and um, well, we'll have a hat trick appearance at some point. I'm sure in the next year or two, and you can tell us how it's all going and then open the third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me back. It's, oh, uh... absolutely. Well, before you go, we've got to cover off some recommendations, I think. Uh, so when I asked you last time your recommendations, I don't know if you can remember what you said. Um, so you were looking forward to going to a restaurant called Marmo. Yeah, I, did you, I went. Did you get there? And how was it? I went, I went for my birthday, I think. And it was, it quite... was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was yeah. so good, so delicious. On Baldwin Street. I've only been once, to be fair. Okay. But uh, I would definitely go back. I think you've got to go with the right people. 
right okay very like foodie place to be going um my family are not particularly foodie okay yeah the chicken the the chicken dish that you were looking forward to sounds particularly up my street oh yeah fried chicken was it fried chicken or something Uh, like that that was a they did a pop-up during lockdown so they like so okay so i had marmo twice Right, here we go. <laughs> they did, so they did a, a chicken, like a fried chicken pop-up during lockdown um, where you could go and collect and take, it was a takeaway thing when restaurants weren't allowed to be open. And then I went back when they reopened after COVID for a dinner for my birthday. And it was, Brilliant. both times were incredible. Oh, mate, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you also said Grey's Anatomy was one of your mm, other still, recommendations. Still binging Grey's Still working Anatomy. through that. Um, Alan Partridge, I think we shared a passion for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's uh, what's keeping you busy at the moment? Are you have you are you able to watch anything on screen apart from Grey's Anatomy? Oh, do you know what's really good actually that I watched? Um, oh, what was it called? It was. Oh, this is going to be awful now. It was about. So like, on Netflix Prime. Yeah, it was like an assassin kind of situation um oh uh ooh, no i don't know there's there's a really good netflix series called um catch a killer catching a killer no, I've watched that. yeah and there's it's it's a different different um killer every every episode if you like but netflix documentaries they've got it down so yeah, well haven't they but... it, was, um, it was like what a thriller or something like it was okay. like a series Oh God, it's gonna bug me so much now. That's all right. Well, you have to. You're gonna. You'll have to um, tweet tweet me yeah. and yeah. say uh, for anyone who was listening to my recommendations and I was describing <laughs> the yeah. program. This is what it was called. <laughs> yeah, I will. It will come to me eventually. Oh no, fantastic! And uh, Ian, what are you uh, talking about at the moment, recommendations wise? For what? Sorry. For recommendations, we're doing what we. I know you. You just had to disappear for five minutes, <laughs> internet problems. But yeah, we're doing our TV recommendations or or anything really. Right. Okay. Well, I'm reading a a, a really amazing book called My Beautiful Fast My Beautiful Festival Romance by um, Thomas Brumin, who was one of the co co founders of Womad, and Womad is um, oh yeah <clears throat> music festival which has been going since 1982. Which is mainly world music, but Thomas is a Bristolian geezer like us, you know, people, and um, it's it's an amazing story. It's in fact it's a beautiful story because it was a book that was brought out in 2017. I actually stocked it in my shop in Canesham, and um, I ended up buying Thomas's record collection uh, last week, and it was brilliant because I sort of realised who he was. And then I've started reading the book properly now, not pretending to read the book like I did at the time, but I'm actually <laughs> reading it now. And it's it's such a great read. And um, oh, what a lovely bloke, what an amazing person. But TV stuff, I'm a massive TV addict. And uh, I like, I've got three daughters and a, and a wife and a dog. And when they all shuffle off the bed, you know, I can hear everyone snoring. I know it's safe. And, and I watched some, it's, it was the Sopranos through lockdown. Which I wonder what you were going to say then, mate. No, 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 no. And um, <laughs> there's a program called Treme, which is on Amazon. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Have you heard of it, you two? Treme. So basically, Treme. So basically, it's based in New Orleans, and it's um, based on an area where all the musicians live, which is oh. called Treme. And it's based just after Hurricane Katrina, nearly oh, wow. 2000. And it's amazing. 
it's about 10 years old, but it's a sort of uh, TV show which you can dip in and dip out of. It's got amazing characters, amazing music, and amazing actors. Right. And it just, it's a bit of a comfort blanket, good TV for me. Do you know oh, what I mean? It really that. is. I get that. So Treme, yeah. T-R-E-M-E, is it? Correct. Like right. French sounding. Ah. I wouldn't do a French accent. For my oh, South that's, accent a shame. But... that's a shame. I have just thought of something that I watched, actually, that was really good. Yeah? Um, it was Finding Michael. Have you guys watched that? It's no. about um, finding... Is that a music? About music? No, it's about um, a, one someone's brother, Spencer Matthews's brother, died climbing Everest. He was the youngest ever oh. to climb Everest. And they sent a team up to try and recover the body. It was like seven years ago. Or so. I don't know exactly yeah. the year. Seven years ago, something that happened. Mm. And they went up on like a rescue mission and it, it was an incredible watch. Finding yeah. Michael. Okay, that's a great show. Oh, that sounds really interesting. Um, I should definitely check that out. Is that Prime as well? or Plus. Uh, oh, I'm not, sorry, Apple Plus. Disney Plus. I oh, think. Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah, no, that's good. Look forward to I'll catch that one for sure. Of course, we've got Outlaws 3 coming up, which I'm not going to be in. <laughs> oh, did you know, did you watch Outlaws, Hannah? I didn't, no. Stephen Merchant, because uh, Ian was Rubbish. in it. Ian okay. was in it. Yeah, see, season thing. one. Yeah, played a I'll very important to, uh, role. I'll have to watch that one. Is that on Netflix? What's it on? Uh, BBC, BBC Iper. Yeah. But I play okay. the landlord. Play the landlord. So, you know, we're sort of in the same sort of, you know, bakery, landlord, maybe not. Yeah, yeah exactly the same. Exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> Um, so, so my recommendation, I've just, I've, I've just got Apple plus again mm. after not having it for about six months. And I think when I stopped, there wasn't, there wasn't a great deal on there, but they've really upped their game in the last six yeah. months. And there's so many things to watch now. I silo I'm watching at the moment, which is a bit sci-fi, um, a little bit apocalyptic. Uh, so oh, th yeah, three episodes in, there's some really good, um, really good actors actresses in there as well mm. so yeah it's um it's something that i'm really enjoying so i'm looking forward to sitting down and watching that a bit later on and this friday you may be mm. going Ian. actually i'm this friday i'm going to the uh premiere of, yeah. of ruby speaking featuring mm. our mutual friend joe sims yeah. um jade adams and many other actors and actresses so i'm looking forward to that Are you going in no i'm not oh i did get the invite by a uh, the uh, it's the west of England. Your acting circles. Well, no, it's just everyone could get that. There was no circles. I'm <laughs> <laughs> terrible acting. No, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing something Friday. So yeah, yeah. I hope it goes all right for Joe because he's a lovely, lovely bloke, isn't he? Oh, so, yeah. Such Absolutely. a nice human. Yeah, I'm hoping to uh, to do a little bit of um, a chat with Joe, Jade, maybe afterwards yeah. or um, or even during. So, yeah, tune in um, hopefully for, oh, for that. Brilliant. but really looking forward to it it's about uh, a call center hello com i think is the the company name and is it? yeah yeah bristol call center so uh, yeah it's going to be i'm sure it'd be hilarious um but yeah that's uh, that pretty much brings us brings us to the end uh, as i say hannah wish you every success um, and uh, i look forward to to venturing up in early to late june slash july <laughs> Yes, well, when whenever we it opens. Licenses, when we get the license for sitting, we're going to do a big launch party. So obviously, we'll oh, already we'll be, we'll be open for takeout as soon as pops. And then yeah. um, once we can open the whole shop up um, for sitting, we're going to do a big launch party. So that... right, so I'll bring the microphone um, up to that. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll bring Ian. We'll bring yeah. a few friends and get. I'll that be there going. all the time anyway. It's a place <laughs> I regularly walk around. Good. Yeah, I look forward to it. 
Excellent. Great right. stuff. Thank you very much, Ian, for, for stepping in to cover Rich Brown, who's who's off to a concert that's now cancelled. Um <laughs> so yeah, he was going to watch James in Bath and when I, when Ian joined, he said, Well that's actually that's been cancelled. So um so yeah. Okay. Unlucky, unlucky, I hope I've got him in trouble. I haven't no, I haven't messaged him yet, but uh maybe we'll wait till the concert was supposed to start and tell him that it was cancelled but um yeah i'm sure he knows but uh yeah we'll leave it there thank you so much both um thanks everyone for listening don't forget to follow us over on twitter at 3piapc and uh, don't forget to ask your friends and family and work colleagues how they are out of 10 especially at the moment with mental health awareness week but it's something that i do every day on my friends whatsapp groups and work meetings and things like that and it just makes people think a little bit more how actually are they and not just i'm all right is the usual british response um so yeah take take that one in, into your uh, to your circles but for now thanks for listening take care everyone take care i'm drifting along it's a one-way road just like the tumbleweed or a standing stone Far away from the city call I find myself on another bar store Taking the time to think and pray On the life that I once had Time to talk at last One more time with my father who's passed Oh, I'm drowning in a whiskey pool Oh, I'm drifting far away from you Desolation of life and love oh, I'm drowning in a whiskey pool oh, I'm drifting far away from you oh, And now I'm a whiskey fool
Drowning in a whiskey pool I'm turning into a whiskey fool